myself saying often in all of this, which is also the title of this little sermon, is, what the heck? You know? <laughs> and I think that that emanates from the rapidity uh, of the events and changes that are overtaking not only us, our state and country, but the whole world. Uh, Eric said it twice already, you know, we've not done this before. We have not done this before. This is all new territory. Uh, this is a big picture event. I mean, think about this. Who could have ever imagined in their wildest dreams just a couple of weeks ago that the Patriots would be without Tom Brady? I mean, massive things are happening all around us, right? And because of the scope of this, and it's so big and so vast, so invasive and all-encompassing, we need to be careful, not fearful, careful about where we are getting our answers to questions we have never had to ask before. We need to be careful, not fearful, about how we react and respond of what we say and, and what our actions and behavior say to the world around us. We need to be careful, not fearful, of how we treat others, especially in the marketplace or public venues where personal contact can readily turn into personal conflict. Someone posted a statement by anthropologist Margaret Mead, who when asked by a student, what was the first sign of civilization in an ancient culture? Was it pottery or fish hooks or maybe grinding stones. Her answer was that the first sign of civilization or human community was a femur, a thigh bone that had been broken at some point in time and then over time healed. She explained that in the animal kingdom, if you break a leg, you die. You cannot run from danger. You cannot get to water to drink. You can't hunt for food. You become meat for other prowling beasts. In the wild, no animal survives a broken leg. A broken femur that has healed is evidence that someone has taken the time to stay with the one who fell, has bound up the wound, has carried the person to safety and has tended to the person's recovery. According to Dr. Mead, helping someone else through difficulty is where civilization starts. According to our kingdom of God understanding, it is what makes us truly human. As Jesus said, and love your neighbor as yourself. We need to listen to the voice of the medical community and to the advice they offer us in navigating and reducing the spread of this virus, not only considering our own and our family's safety, but also the well-being of our neighbors and even the strangers in our midst. None of us is alone in this pandemic. We need to hear, heed the voices of our government officials who are called upon to say, take some pretty drastic steps up against business and the economy 
for the sake of the overall safety and well-being of the larger populace. Actually, can we pause right here as I pray for just a moment for our government officials, first responders, medical personnel who are deeply embedded in the response to this crisis. Father, I lift up those who have authority during this time, this time of confusion and, and possible chaos and uh, questions that have never even been asked, never mind answers that have yet to be found. We ask you, O oh God, to give them wisdom. Lord, to give them uh, discernment, to help them know what to do in the time that we're in so this has the least amount of impact. We ask for courage and strength for the first responders, for the nurses that are doing uh, dynamic work and, and staying for long shifts and caring for the least of these and putting themselves constantly in harm's way. Father, would you be their strength? Would you be their health to their bones, O oh God? Father, you can do what none of us can. And we ask you to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for praying with me. And please continue to do so often. And as you do, please add pastors in our community uh, to your prayer. These are individuals who God has called to shepherd his church through this time. And I don't know uh, if I can adequate, adequately convey to you who have never pastored, the weight of responsibility that pastors bear, the sleepless or restless nights of wondering, praying, planning, hoping that this calling requires. And consider that there is not a pastor alive today that has pastored a church through a worldwide pandemic. This is new territory for all of us. Be civilized. Be fully human, and reflect the hope, love, and grace of Jesus Christ to the world around you. Your prayers are needed and valuable to each and every pastor, elder, and church leader who is all in for the church of Jesus Christ. So what is our reliable source for guidance during such times as these, where every tribe, tongue, and nation has been drawn into a common bond of crisis? Let me start to answer this by sharing a few spoken words from sermons during December of 2019 into the first week of January of 2020. This first one is from Pastor Katrina out in Wolfboro, and she shared this on the first Sunday of 2020. She said this statement, I hope that 2020 will be the year that you learn to rejoice in the provision of God especially when it requires work. We know that endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Learn to lean in to the provision of God for the process ahead. Pastor Katrina, and she put in a little blip. People pray for cake. Then when God gives them batter, eggs, oil, icing, a pan and an oven, they get frustrated and leave the kitchen. 
<laughs> I think that's a good word for March of 2020. This is from a series that I did starting on the last Sunday of 2019. It says, three weeks ago during the worship song set, as I was looking out over all of you worshiping Jesus from my perch up in the sound booth, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, 2020 will be a year of great transition for many in this room, and the point of transition will begin in March. I then asked the question, what is your initial thought? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Will this mean a breakthrough in some area of your life, a change for the better, or is there the potential for loss and more of the same old, same old? Did that word trigger a hope in your heart for something specific that you have been building toward, or did the situation and circumstance of your life at this present time take dominion over your mind to rob you of potential blessing that lie ahead? So I shared that to say this. God has not left us uninformed. He has been speaking to us all along, as I showed earlier in the scripture, Amos 3, 7, for the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to the servants, his servants, the prophets. So it is either that we have not had ears to hear or that we have been so entangled in our own sense of self-importance that we could not see the larger picture and did not have the wherewithal to search it out. Understand, when the Lord speaks, things begin to happen. I love this statement. Uh, this was shared by Lindsay Prue uh, in a sermon she did on joy in early December of 2019. And it's from uh, a statement Bill Johnson had made. He says, no freshly spoken word of God will ever come to you that does not contain in itself its own ability to perform itself. That's a good word. That's a good word. So it is one thing to know that God is about to do something, but it is entirely a different thing to know what he is about to do. But what we real, he really wants is that we understand what we should be doing while he is doing what he is doing. Among the list of King David's mighty men, uh, there's this little particular group in 1 Chronicles 12.32 of the tribe of Issachar. Men who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Wouldn't you like to find that group today? Hmm. We have been caught up in the full sweep of something God is doing. And until we understand our purpose and his purpose we will flounder and be driven by forces that care not for our souls or well-being. Several of us local Lakes Region pastors have been meeting every Tuesday for the past two years to pray for the Lakes Region. It all started with the opioid crisis. And for God to move, and as of late, we have been praying that God would awaken the church, awaken the church. And church, we are being awakened. Hmm? 
That's why you're sitting in your living rooms this morning. That's why your church is now your neighbors, your friends, your acquaintances. And we are being awakened to this. We have built an awful lot of church structure on shifting sand. So the call for the church, pretty simple. Repent, fast and pray, and search out his word until we discover his will for such a time as this. I believe that this could be the church's finest hour to demonstrate the light of the love of Christ to a world ensnared in fear, chaos, and darkness. And as we do, God will move by his Holy Spirit to bring a move of revival through his awakened church and spread the contagion of the love of Christ to the whole world. On my sabbatical in Israel years ago, I spent some time in the desert area of the wilderness wanderings of Israel. And I remember that the nights there were extremely dark and very cold. And the daytime hours were very bright and very hot. And how did God reveal himself to his people in those times and conditions when Israel was wandering in this wilderness? It's interesting to me that at night, he was a pillar of fire, providing warmth and light. And by day, he was a pillar of cloud, providing a cooling shade where his people could abide in the shadow of his wings. He is our provision in our times of need. We need to break with the spirit of fear that has captured our attention and trained our eyes on the worst of possibilities that could happen. And I believe if we do and start looking for what God is doing, we will find his provision through the eyes of our faith. He will provide in our downturned economy. He will be health and strength to our bones and the shelter from the storms of life. Listen, we encouraged you to continue to tithe during this time. Why? Because God declares that when we do and keep his storehouse filled with food for the needy, then he will rebuke the devourer for our sake. What better time to call upon the Lord for the fulfillment of this scripture? His provisions are always already in place. And this is where we should find our answers. I want to close today with the words from a recently released song entitled, The Blessing. And you can find that on YouTube if you just type in uh, Carrie Joby, The Blessing. Right. But I'm just going to read you the words. And I pray that you'll walk in the anointing of these words. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Say amen. May his favor be found upon you 
and a thousand generations, your family and your children and their children and their children. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you in the morning, in the evening, in your coming and your going, in your weeping and rejoicing. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. Say amen and amen. Stay safe. Stay connected. Stay in prayer. Lord bless you. Thank you.